welcome back everyone to another episode of the Black Create Connect podcast and I've got with me today DJ Chills <laughs> aka I love it. aka um, Debbie and she is the director of business development at Sync Vault Hi. there we go welcome <laughs> welcome you. welcome no worries thank you for coming on today um First of all, I guess, um, just to give everyone context on how Debbie and I met, <laughs> it was, do you, do you remember where, 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 like, where we met exactly? Jumper. Yes. Um, I remember <laughs> <laughs> everyone, was it before we actually got selected to be part of the team or was it after? Um, I don't, to, can I be honest with you, I don't know what I was doing there. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't remember what I was doing at Jump Off at the time. Okay. I think I just... I can't I think you were part of the team. You were yeah, part of, like, but I, I can't remember what I was. I, I don't know if I was hosting or if I was taking pictures. I can't remember. I can't remember what I was doing. Hosting. I was hosting, yeah. and it was alternate with someone else. So yeah, I, I, I can't remember who it was. Um, Tisha, Tisha Matthews, I think. You remember? Yeah, because I bumped into Tisha last year in Amsterdam. That's why, and so it just kind of came back to me. But yeah, you were. Uh, yeah. I remember. I do remember Maya Jamba from. I'm, I'm sure she was involved. Yeah, she was involved at the beginning. There were so many in the day. People, so many people that came through Jump Off. Though. Yeah. Charlie. Um, who else? Manny Norte. Manny Norte did a Jump Off yeah. as well. Um, I think there's a show called Riches or something. Um, there's a guy that did the video, like the videography for Jump Off. Mm. He's actually the director of that now. Like, there's really? so many people like they came through Jump Off. Like we were like we made the industry what it is now. Yeah. That, that, um, yeah. It's a collective. Yeah. It's it's good to know that I was, <laughs> I, I was a part of that. You know, the startup, the start of Jump Off ish, or a part of that collective yeah. as well. But. <laughs> That's so crazy to think about. So you were DJing back then, didn't it? Yeah. So I started off, um, I was just doing an intern. Mm. And then I was like, mm, I don't want to do this. I want to DJ. So I asked. An intern at Jump Off? Yeah. Do so, what? I don't know. He, I think they just wanted me to like get a list of labels or, or artists or something. That's mm. what I wanted me to do. And then mm. I was like, I can't do this. This is boring. I want to be out there. But not in the limelight, like I, like I told you. I just want to be out there making music and creating a vibe kind of thing and mm. like okay let's see if you can do this first and I started off doing the after party and then wait so how how did you learn how to DJ like what was what was the first kind of steps so, for you uh, yeah so I was working with Salter Streets um and their promotions company and they gave me the option to either do um promotions um MCN, or DJing and I was like oh I actually like MCing so I started doing that but then I was like mm, I don't like being on the stage so oh then, yeah because MCing you have to be yeah give us your, your your MC like <laughs> no, your MC. No, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> what, what, what was your MC name Chills um MC no, Chills. no 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 I'm not even gonna say it <laughs> it's just no no um and then I saw there was like a collective of DJs um, mm. all guys and I was like okay I'm gonna follow you lot um and they were like okay if you're gonna follow us then you're gonna have to learn how to DJ. And they didn't really give me a practice. They gave me like two sessions. And then before I knew it, I was like in a dance DJing with them. What do you mean two sessions of like? Basically mixing two tracks together on vinyl as well. That was it. What? Because they were, they're quite old school and very like, no, you have to learn the foundations. Yeah. You have to learn how to select tracks as well and how to, when to drop the tracks and all of that. And so they gave me two, two sessions on mixing. However, they said 
everything else you learn while you're out there you can't like what just watching the crowd building the vibe because there's a different there's different types of djs and different sets you get if you got a warm-up set you can't play all the bangers yeah if you do that you're going to mess up the whole night for everyone else and yes you want to be the star but you have to think about the night overall yeah, yeah. So, there's just different elements that you have to think about and they weren't ready to teach me the nice way. They were like, go out there and do it. So, yeah. so how was it for you when you first, when you first got out there? Do you, like, do you remember your first gig? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared. I was scared of banging. I was scared of everything. Of even looking at people in their eyes because a lot of the time people look at the DJ. So I was just like, oh, just make sure you don't clang. And I forgot to look. What's clanging? So when both tracks just don't sound in sync. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't work in as a DJ, so I don't know what the terms oh, are. Yeah, clanging is, I've, I, I don't know if people still say it now, but yeah, it just sounds like when two things just clang together. Okay. So, um, and if you do that, everyone looks at you, kind of feeling like, what are you doing, kind of thing. But smooth transition, you don't even notice that one track goes into another. Mm. Um, and that was all I was focusing on. And then after it, I was like, oh, that wasn't as hard as I thought. And I kept on doing that. Um, first gig was actually in Bar Rumba. Um, West End. Bar Rumba! Yeah. I remember Bar Rumba. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've, that was like Leicester Square, yeah. right? Oh my yeah. gosh. That's like a memory place. So yeah. that's the first place that you, you went. That's, yeah. the, that's quite high pressure. That's what I was saying. It was. It was um, a lot. But then it also made me realise that, okay, you've done it now, so you can kind of wing it to any other gig. And so I had a few months practice there. Mm. Um, and then I started reaching out to other events and promoters. And say, look, I'm a DJ. Yeah. Because back then, how you done, um, how you got gigs back then must be so different to how it is right now. Yeah. Like, so what it's, was that process like for you, getting gigs uh, back then? Gigs? I, I don't paid think, gigs as yeah. well it's a bit different but still kind of similar because from what i've heard because i've stopped djing as much mm. um but what i've heard you still have to prove yourself however you still got social media so now mm. if you can bring in the streams if you can show that you can actually mix now that you can record your set yeah you don't actually have to prove yourself on the night you can just send in your mix and be like this is a live mix of me physically instead of a recorded mix yeah and then they book you for it but before you would have to do a set for free oh for them to see how you are yeah and also guest list was always important so if you didn't have a guest list or people to bring then why would really? the, yeah, the promoter put you on the lineup there was all there was different really I didn't, I didn't think that djs were responsible for the guest list as well yeah when you're starting out because no one knows you so it's almost like it's who, who you bring into the yeah to the it's it's like what people are doing now on social media but you're doing in real life because mm. you're you're building your following as well mm. um and yeah it it's different but similar yeah um, yeah i'm not sure how if the pay's increased or not but yeah <laughs> did you did you do it full-time at the time or? uh no i was working part-time first i was in uni and then mm. i started working part-time and then i just gave up part-time I went back into full-time working okay 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 so quickly going back a little bit because because what I usually do and I haven't done it with you okay um with all my guests is going back to like their childhood I know that might be a far a long way though okay wow as soon as you said it I was like oh okay (laughs) I didn't mean it like that it's all good 
Yeah, but I mean, because when people ask me about my childhood, I'm like, okay, I've got to go back, even though I'm not, I'm not old, but it's just a long way to go. So where were you raised? Um, what do you remember wanting to do when you was younger? Okay. Who were your influences? Give us like a bit of a background into Debbie as a child. Okay, so my childhood was a bit different. I, I was born in Nigeria, Lagos. Oh, you was born in Lagos? Yeah, and then... Um, I didn't know he was even Nigerian. That's <laughs> what... <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, um, you seem so chilled. What? Like, <laughs> obviously, I'm, I'm like, no pun intended, but like, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, both parents are Nigerian. Okay. I, I stayed there until I was eight and then moved here, um, moved to East London. And at the time, I was always involved in music. Um, I was always making mixtapes for family, uh, birthdays, Christmas, any chance I was making music. Uh, but I didn't think it was a, something that you can make a career of. I just thought, mm. You just enjoy music and then you focus on what you want to do. So um, my path was like, make sure I get my degree and then mm. do music on the side. Mm. Um, however, that kind of, while I was at uni, I kind of was like, no, I actually do want to do like, be in the industry. So mm. I found Salter Streets and mm. there were promotions team um, that were set Salter up. Salter Streets. Salter Streets. Okay. So they were set up by Salter Soul, Jazzy B at, yeah, Jazzy B and Jamie Bins. Mm -hmm. And they created that. So they brought through like um, uh, Estelle mm. while I was there. So I did an internship for a year with them. Mm. And then, um, then I was like, yeah, I really want to do this full time. So I got the degree, but Obviously, the pay at the time, like I'm saying, when you first start DJing, no one really wants to pay you. So, um, and I was only doing the regular gig with Salter Streets, so that was once a week. Uh, mm. Every other time I had to, like, work out where money was coming from. How much was the pay roughly back then? Uh, so I would only do a two-hour set, and that was, like, 75. Okay, um, that's not too bad starting yeah. out back then. Mm, I guess it's because they knew me as well. So mm. it's like, okay, we're not going to undercut you. Um, mm. But then... It's, they decided to actually create a role for me so then I started working with a street team so I was doing mm. street team and so I was able to work in the industry mm. as well as um, DJ mm. so that's when I made that transition uh, okay. during uni but yeah initially when I first started I was just focused on business I wanted to really just work in business like in what business. Is, it, is that what you studied in university? yeah so I studied business and computing so okay. that side of my brain is like it, it, that that helps as well, especially with the role I'm in now. I've mm. always had technology, and seeing how it's progressed, and I just it works alongside music as well now. So, okay, yeah. okay. So you worked um, as a DJ for how ten years? Ten years, you said. Yeah, roughly ten years. Professionally, maybe the last five years. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what's your what's some of the highlights of your DJ career that you want to talk Ooh. shout out about? Because um, I know one at one point you were like. Everywhere. Like everywhere, like <laughs> you peaked. Yeah, I really know. Well, so, um, wireless was big for me. Um, that was really big. Um, I felt like I was that opened up doors to festivals for me. So I did a few festivals, um, outreach festivals. That must have been so lit. Yeah, like DJing at a festival. Like I'm not a DJ, but I want to DJ at a festival. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just give me an opportunity because I think it looks fun. Yeah, like it was amazing. Like. I actually did um, an event with um, this collective and um, a rapper called Laughter. She's still rapping. Oh right? yeah, I've, I've seen Laughter. She just launched. She just released Garbage. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. When she was starting off, um, we did an event in Wembley Arena and it was packed for. Uh, this is actually the what high. for her. Um, yeah, her and 
she was in a band or a group at the time okay. and it was filled with like people and and I can't remember the capacity of Wembley Arena but I remember them saying everyone switched on your lights it's just lights and everyone's recording all of us while I'm DJing because they're transitioning from different tracks to mm. tracks and I was just like okay don't forget you're DJing but I was just like mesmerized by it all I think I've got still I've still got the pictures and video footage but that was the highlight Wembley Arena for me yeah, um, and I've done a big. few international gigs in like Amsterdam Europe um Unfortunately, I haven't been able to go back to Nigeria to do a set. I've done a radio show set there, but um, not an actual show show how it is now. But you never know, I might come yeah. out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what, what type of music are you kind of known for DJing? Um, or were you known? I, to be honest, I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was one of the few DJs that was pushing Afrobeats at the beginning. So it was a blend of Afrobeats, Bashment. Um, and hip hop, those are the three genres that mm. I was mixing. Um, Afrobeat's not as much because people weren't really into what it was, mm. and then only recently it's taken mm. off. Um, and then now, um, well, now it's progressed into Afro House yeah, and Amma Piano. Yeah. Is there any difference between the two? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of it's, it's not major difference but subcultures like subgenres as well it's just the the, the elements so i'm a piano is a mixture of the bass and the piano um right and then the house afro house you can break down into tribal house you can break into like tech afro tech so uh, there's a lot of different genres here. see i'm heck, i'm probably calling music the wrong genres <laughs> all the time I, as long as you're enjoying it that's all that matters so like okay so just a question then what type of what genre would like um I guess like is it a, sh- a shake a sake? Oh, a sake. Is, is he Afro beats or Afro house or? Like, yeah, there's what is that he? merge that's starting to happen now because Davido does it as well. Um, I think he's Afro beats, but he brings elements of Afro house. Okay. Um, because some of his tracks are very Afro housey, up tempo. Mm, not up tempo, but yeah, they yeah. are. So they're quite okay. Yeah. So I've got that one right then. Okay, yeah, you're, that's, you're good. <laughs> that's, that's cool. But okay, cool. So. On to like what you're doing now at the moment. Okay. Um, so talk to, talk to us about, by the way, you've just got a promotion. <laughs> so you. well done. We love hearing like how, you know, how individuals progress, especially when they're people of colour. It's just good to see. Yeah. But um, talk to us about your journey at Sinkvault so far. Like, so, Sinkvault has been yeah. an interesting journey. So I was still at um, Salter Streets. I went, I travelled <laughs> for a few months, three months. I took three months out to just see where I wanted to go in life and what I wanted to do. Um, because how, was, how long ago, sorry? Um, at the beginning of 2021, December, till 2022 of March, okay. I kind of went on holiday, like travelled the world to see what I wanted to do, just clear my mind. So I went to Mexico, LA, just... Really? Yeah. You went to Mexico last year as well? Yeah, so oh, um, I did that to just see what I, I wanted to do because I was doing radio plugins. So after DJing, I went into radio plugin. What's that? Okay, yeah, I, th- I think I need... I yeah, 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 <laughs> let's, let, let, let's go back a bit. Yeah. So pull that sync vault, radio plugin. Yeah, so radio plugin is essentially the people that get your music onto the radio station. So we build the relationships with the station manager, the radio producers, and that's stations from your internet stations to your community radio stations to the BBC, your um, KISS FM and stuff mm, like that. Mm. Um, and we've worked with tracks like Ed Sheeran's first track. Sorry, I said that really weird. Ed Sheeran's first tracks, right. um, Stormzy, 
Dave, LMA, just various, but we specialised in black music and electronic right. music, and right. that's how Salter Streets was, um, that's the foundation. So you worked for Salter Streets doing radio plug-in, yeah. basically? Yeah, so it evolved into that role. Uh, yeah. So how did you build connections with both, at the time, the radio stations and also artists, and then get them to trust you? How did you do that? It was a... Uh, I guess it was campaign by campaign. First, you'd start off with an unsigned artist. If you got their tracks onto radio, um, they would word of mouth would travel at the time. Mm. You didn't really have how it is with the internet now, websites like that. It was mainly word of mouth, mailing mm. out CDs, mailing out vinyls, um, and just building those relationships with independent artists that wanted to be on mainstream radio but didn't have that connect. Um, mm. And once people started to realise that we were the ones that were the middle people, mm. middle company between both both mm. the streets with Salter Streets and mm. um, radio. They yeah they started sending it sending music through. Then we started getting major labels like Universal, Atlantic um, coming to you guys. Yeah, to like push records through since ninety three. Yeah, so after a few years. So how does it... So I'm, I'm quite in, intrigued. So first of all, yeah. when unsigned artists come to you mm-hmm. and say, OK, I want to plug music for you, how do you decide on what music you're going to plug? Because I'm sure you had a lot of requests, yeah. right? Yeah. So. so there was a bit of A&R in it. Um, and to be honest, we never really liked to turn people away. We always wanted to find out what was your objective. Did you have a... Did you realistically have um, a plan for your career as an artist? Were you serious about it? Mm. Because not only the price tag, but there's also the time and energy. We would have to create promo days where we would bring DJs to interview you and back to back for like three to what, four. On the, what on the radio stations? Um, on the radio stations or actually in a studio. Mm. And we would have like five or six D- DJs interviewing you half an hour back to back. That's very intense for someone who's not prepared for that. So we'd always ask artists, are you ready for this? Is this, mm. uh, in your career, is this the right time to do mm. this? Mm. And then if they said no, we'll be like, okay, do this first, we'll advise them and then come back to us and mm. then we'll see how we can progress mm. for you. Um, so it was a bit of A&R and then a bit of um, development as well and just saying, okay, maybe not now, but maybe in a few months to a year. Okay. Olympics, yeah. Okay, okay. And then what about the, the radio stations? I guess, because I... When, whenever I listen to the radio, I feel like I hear the same tracks over mm. and over again. I can name the, t- <laughs> the top five, um, for yeah. me, that I always hear. I always hear um, a Rihanna song, one of her songs, one, one Drake song, maybe a song by Stormzy, the Blinded by Your Grace. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, you hear the same songs over and over yeah. again. So, like, how effective is Radio Plug-In? Okay, so you have your tracks that have to be on rotation. That's okay. because they're in the top 10, 20 in the charts. So that's set. However, you still got specialist radio stations that mm. specialise in like hip hop or electronic music or, or whatever the sound is. Right, and that's right. what we would target because uh, that, therefore, you know, the listeners specifically want to listen to music in that um, genre. And Great. then you kind of open their ears up to other sounds that are coming in. So you cut through the pop, music the popular tracks mm. which is what sh- yeah. music is short for and then you go for the specialist radio stations and get uh, their i see yeah okay so i'm not saying that you listen to pop music i'm just saying that the sometimes the shows you're listening to have their set 
place that right, they have to. Right. They may have like five or six spots a week to put new music into or okay. upcoming tracks, emerging tracks. Um, and that's where all the radio pluggers in the UK are trying to fight to get their artists on. So career-wise, people that are, are listening to this and they're thinking, oh, actually, I want to get into um, radio plugging. Yeah. What are some of the things that they should be good at, some of the key skills that they need to have, and how should they get into it, essentially? Okay, key skills, be a people person. Like, just understand yeah. um, how to network, how to... You, you've got all the tools now. You've got LinkedIn. Find the people that would be great to network with. Go to the events. Go to live shows. Because then you can network with the artists as well as their management. And sometimes you even have radio pluggers there. I went to I Love Live last week, Wednesday. Um, there was another radio plugger there as well. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Mm. And there's also a community between radio pluggers. So mm. you can all, if you wanted to get into that industry, you can intern or actually see if they've got um, jobs or positions available. And they always do. Because it's such a... Um, Se- not seasonal, but it's such a fast-paced industry. Mm. Um, most people get their experience and then they go into other areas. It's almost like start here, see what you like in music, and you may go into A&R or you may go right. into marketing. So it's not something you stay in long term? Um, you could, but it will get a bit routine. Well, personally for me, actually, it got a bit too routine for me. So I was mm. just like, okay, I need to see where I wanted to focus more. Mm. Um, hence, Singfort came came into the picture and I was like, okay, this is my time to take the leap. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how long did you do radio plugging for? <laughs> I did it actually, considering I said, I've just said that you don't stay there long. I did it for six, seven years. Hey. Yeah. But I was part-time at the first few <laughs> years. And <laughs> That's a long time. That's like school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did get schooled. No, I did get all the experience, all the net- network of people that yeah. I got to connect with through radio plugging was I couldn't put a price on it at all. Mm. Um, I did start part-time for the first three years, and then I was like, okay, be serious now. Focus on that. Um, And then not only in music, film, the creative industries as well kind of brought me into that kind of world as well. So Mm -hmm. it was a... It was, it was a nice journey, nice journey mm. and part of my life. Yeah. With Radio Plugin, do you get paid by both the radio station and the artist or just the artist? Just the artist. And is it commission-based only? Um, so it's campaigns. So you mm-hmm. so for every release or every... That could be a single, that could be an album. It's per campaign, um, per artist campaign that you get um, paid. Okay. And that also would... But with record labels, especially major re- record labels, they'll give you a quota for the year. And right, okay. Like, okay, we've got all these releases for the year. Can you handle that? Here's our retainer. And then you go ahead that way. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It means that you know for the year you're okay. Yeah. But and you can still do it on the side now, I guess, if you wanted to. Yeah. It's just a lot of work. <laughs> like, in combat, well, I'm, I'm thinking what I'm doing now and what I spoke to you about everything that I'm doing, I don't know if I could... Manage it as yeah. well. Yeah, and I've enjoyed that experience. It's, it's brought me to where I am now, so, yeah. So how did Sigvault come, come about after Radio Parking? What was that? So, uh, yeah, so I came back from travelling. I was like, OK, now it's time to see where you want to take the next chapter of your life. Um, Wait, pause for one second. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I always have questions. OK. Right. Travelling? Mm-hmm. When people say they go travelling and they to go, I guess, to find themselves. Yeah. What? How? Like what? 
<laughs> okay, why, why, why would you do that? No, because okay. I, I understand why you do it because I go traveling so instead of traveling quite a lot, so I know what I'm doing. But like, what type of activities do you do to, I guess, discover yourself? Okay, when you're on holiday, like what? What are some of the typical things? Not holiday. This is traveling. It's different. Yes, traveling. So, in the past few years, I've become a bit more. Um, people say spiritual, but more just into meditation and seeing what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Mm. Um, and when I travelled to Mexico, I went there to specifically see how they deal with meditation and just their spiritual mm. practices. Um, and then after, I was like, mm, it doesn't really work for me. But oh, really? It, it's, it's great, but it's more into like, it's not, because it's not my language, it's not where I'm from. I couldn't right. connect with it, but I appreciated it for what it was. Mm. So when I went to LA and I saw that um, it wasn't, how I expected it to be, it was very, it was very superficial. I, I, I'm Everyone say, says that about it. Yeah, it's very superficial. So it kind of how didn't, sorry. Um, the homelessness there is outrageous. Yeah. Like there's camps on the roads. Like if you went down the street, yeah, like you wouldn't. There's just tents, I've seen in yeah. LA. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and they make it seem like it's just the best thing. It's so expensive there as well. Mm. Um, and you can just feel the energy of twenty four seven just constantly, you've got to do something. People come up to you and like, so what do you do? Hi, how are you? That's how I approach people. Right, so right. It's, it, it was two different worlds that I was brought into while I was traveling and I was like, okay, those two don't work for me. So how do I find what works for me? Especially when I'm trying to work out my next move in life. Yeah. Um, and so I just started doing a lot of my own meditation and just taking my time, writing out things that will come to my head, um, chain, updating my CV as well, which is something I hadn't done in a mm, while. Mm. Um, talking to people as well, friends and family, um, just reconnecting with people, because when you work, mm. sometimes you disconnect. 100%, yeah. So it was nice to get back and connect with people that I haven't seen and just re reassess my life, really. And mm. at that time, um, on LinkedIn, um, Syncfort were looking for a senior executive for... Um, business development, music and uh, label services and I was like this sounds like radio plugin but for YouTube so I was like okay I'll see what I can do I sent in my CV, sent in you know the usual thing and then um, Richard who's the CEO of the company replied back and said this is an interesting application are you free tomorrow literally and I was like okay yeah I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you and we had an interview, he was like, okay, the next day can we have another interview with the CEO and the director? Um, and then that same day, they gave me the job, kind of thing. So, yeah, it was really, like, surreal. Wow, they must have really warmed to you. I and, <laughs> yeah, and that, did you kind of, manif are you into manifestation? Yeah. Right? yeah. Did, did you manifest anything like that at all, or not really? I was kind of open. Um, I do monthly manifestations like just so that i stay on point on with track. my goals and like life aspirations mm. but with that i was kind of like okay is this a sign because i'd applied to other record labels and i got to like certain stages and it was like okay i haven't heard that and i really wanted this um specific role but mm. then i saw sinful and i just thought mm, okay let's just see it's, it yeah. does, the title didn't say anything that I could relate to but however the description said all the skills that I had mm. and experienced so I was like see how it goes mm. and yeah before I knew it 
Yeah, I was. I was. Um, and in the space of a year, you've been promoted. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Like, <laughs> thank you. No, it's good because it can take, especially because you're. I guess this is a new. I know you've been in the music industry for a while, but this is a new type of role for you. Yeah. So, it's, it's been exciting. Like to be honest, every time I, like I look at the titles, sometimes I'm like, oh, oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. But you're so humble as well about it. It's it's only because it's very surreal and I'm grateful yeah, for the, yeah. like where I am. Like you said, in less than a year. Yeah. It's, it's and I believe in what we do at Singapore as well because it makes sense. Remember I said back before I was really into technology. Yeah. And now it's aligned music and technology together. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Okay, it makes sense. So I guess on that note, tell us about SyncVault. What is SyncVault? How does it work? Everyone's like, Sync, what is this SyncVault you're talking about? Okay. So this is your chance to just tell us all about it. Okay, I hope I, I do do it justice. But um, SyncVault in this essence is, and we've created a platform or a network of artists and labels that release music, and that could be upcoming music or music that's already been released, and then content creators most people call them influencers mm. um, and they initially started off on YouTube mm. it was using these um, not using but working with content creators to promote artists and labels mm. music um, and the reason being YouTube was the platform we used because one we're partners with them two it's still the number one site for discovering new music and people still don't believe that but it actually it's is. the number one yeah number okay. one all the labels. above Spotify Apple everything above okay. every conference I've been to shows that and it's like oh okay but people aren't aware of it it's not everyday knowledge automatically people think it's either spotify or um tiktok Mm. um and then so so that's the first half that's the promotion side of what we do at sync for now this year we've um, started to incorporate tiktok campaigns as well so creators that have accounts on tiktok can help promote music from these artists and labels and we're also moving into like brand campaigns mm. as well as um, fan tokens, if you know what. No, so fan. what? How how would brand can, um, brand campaigns work, and what are fan tokens? Okay, so a brand campaign would be similar to an artist music release. Um, you would just say these these are the outlines for how you want your um, brand to be promoted, and we would find within our network, or we could outreach um, the content creators, what platform you'd want them to be on, um, what campaign themes, so if you wanted them to maybe just use it as a day-to-day part of their day-my-life kind of thing, we could um, create a campaign around that that Mm. theme, um, and then we'll help build awareness for that brand. The great thing about how the network works is that we can zone in on regions, so if you want to promote within just the UK we can do that we can do it in South America what on YouTube and yeah. TikTok and um, f- specifically for YouTube because yeah. we, we can see the back end so we're partners on that side mm-hmm. TikTok it's not as <laughs> because of there's certain technical aspects it, it can still be regional however you it works in a slightly different way got you um, okay. and then with that you can go to demographics so say if you want 15 to 35 year olds is that we can do that um it's very customized your campaign so that's for brands that's for artists that's for labels we can do that um so sorry so just to just to make sure that it even makes sense to all listeners as well yeah, yeah. 
So I'm an artist. Yeah. I do trap music, right? And I say, this music is going to be great for 16 to 20-year-old boys in London. Okay. You can help me get the music out to them. Yes or no? Am I what wrong? Boys in London. So then we would have to do a bit of um, research and see what these boys like. So you said sixteen-year-old boys. So I'm going back. Yeah. So they would. We would find out what creators they're listening to. So what? So right. we would find the creators that attract these sixteen-year-old to thirty. Did you say twenty-five? Sixteen to twenty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then target those creators and be like, okay, would you mind? would incentivize them so for how much you put into your campaign is how much they get paid for promoting your music so right so the artist has to pay so the artists that run their pay for the campaigns yeah, at the moment that's what we're we're looking to change now the brands come in in place because then a brand would be like okay we'd like this music as well as this campaign and so the artist gets Paid, paid. Yeah. right, right. But at the moment, it's, it's it's similar to radio plugin where you pay for promotion. Right, music, yeah. I see. So all the artists that are on Singvar at the moment, they've paid to have their music on there. Yeah. So we right. we used to take free tracks. However, we noticed that if we're incentivizing creators to um, to promote your track with money, if there's a free track, they're more likely to go with the ones that have money. So we've removed that um, free track um, ability. Because it just doesn't make sense for the artists as well. Their the track's just there. It doesn't actually generate right. as much as awareness as a paid campaign. Um, and yeah, they do that. Now. But however, we've changed a few things so your campaign can last up to 14, um, 14, four months. Okay. Um, so it gives you enough time so that you can prepare for the next release. Okay. Um, and just enough space to create content. You can have some shows around it. Our campaigns... Especially on YouTube. What, do, you, do you do the shows as well? Um, no, we don't do the <laughs> we don't do the, sh- the shows. But sometimes we um, align with like events um, such as AIM. Do you know AIM? Okay, mm-hmm. so AIM is like association of independent um, music, mm-hmm. um, and it's a collective that looks after managers, labels, just anyone in the music industry, and brings them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they have events where they showcase. Um, so we work some, alongside them. We mm-hmm. are, and events as well. We're always looking for events to collaborate with and just see if their artists would like the same services as well. Or they've got content creators that would like to also be paid as well for promoting music. Because right. what happens, especially on YouTube, why we started on YouTube was because a lot of um, content creators were getting claimed. Yeah. Um, and that would be a strike on their YouTube channel because they're using music that isn't um, authorised for them to use. Yeah. Um, so what we created was we would make it claim free so that you can use the music and it's up-to-date music or it's music that you want to actually put on your yeah. own instead of like production music mm. that you just have in the background. Um, that was a great unique selling point at the beginning of Sync 4. However, it started to grow. The music, the way the um, music is promoted has started to grow as well. And people are looking at other platforms, especially with TikTok. Mm. So we had to adapt. And that's why we started incorporating TikTok into our campaigns and mm. YouTube shorts as well, because they want to compete with TikTok. So, so, with, so I, I kind of get ish how you can use songs from Syncvault, because obviously I've had a play around with it, yeah. from Syncvault in content creation videos for YouTube. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I kind of get, so you, you literally, you record it, you edit it with the song in, yep. it's all done. With TikTok, it's a bit different because... It's already there. Yeah, so so, so, right. how, so how, how does that work? So that's, it makes actually much more um, simple um, because the process is you wouldn't have to download the track. You would just make a video with the track already within it and it's going to be 15 seconds because they're short form. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not even have to speak. There's like various different forms of um, themes. You could have to, you could do a lip sync you could do a reaction video or mm. you could it just depends on what the artist or the label wanted um and then you just you go into your youtube your app um youtube i'm so used to tiktok tiktok yeah. app, um select the track make the video um upload it send the link to us and then you get paid for doing that and that's it so with the tracks that we use though are they all on tiktok yeah we, so we ensure that there's they're always on TikTok. so that means anyone can use them um, yeah, anyone can use them. However, we would know if it was our content creators. Right, yeah. because they would send you the link and say, okay, we've, we're using this track as a part of this campaign. Yeah. Right, and they, they would have to send it back to us to say, okay, we've just made the video and, and then they get paid through our network. Right, yeah. I see what you mean. So, that makes sense. Yeah, so the track will always be released on these platforms. Okay. Um, normally, however, to make sure the promotion aspect is... Um, done for us it's through our network of content creators so they right. have to register on our network okay so how first of all if there's content creators out there listening yeah what type of content creators do you think do really well um do you think comedians do you think just fashion bloggers like what do you think um it's it varies because we have various genres of music some mm-hmm. work for certain genres some don't um I would say up-tempo um, tracks such as house, such as electronic music works with gaming. It can work with travel and lifestyle. Yeah. I don't really want to put limits on what creators can come to us because it's open to all. We work, we work with nano and micro content creators as well and we can help build you up into the next level. Mm. Um, I think if you feel like you need music and it's and you want claim free music and you want to be paid for it then just sign up and 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 we'll talk you through the process um if you have any questions there's a support team that's there 24 7 as well to answer those questions for you um and it's also opening up into brands so you could potentially earn even more on that aspect. by working with brands yeah and brands i get i'm guessing that you will show brands the different content creators and they will pick yeah what content creators they so, work yeah. with so as a content creator right and um, if you do if you use um a sound from sync vault and you do a video mm-hmm. what if you get limited engagement and views you don't get paid for it so our cpm at the moment works at one dollar per thousand views Okay, and that can go up or down depending on the campaign mm. budget that you're we're given after mm. we've taken our percent. Um, but if you don't achieve the views, yeah, technically you're not supposed to um, get paid. Paid, yeah. Yeah. However, majority of the, we haven't come across that at the moment, so I can't really. Speak that means you've got good content. You've got very good content creators. I'm I'm bigging up our community and creative team. They've really like they've really done an awesome job in making sure they nurture the relationships with our creators, reaching out to our creators, understanding what they can actually achieve, yeah. and then syncing it up with the campaigns we have. Um, right. It's that flow of information through the the business that's brought us to where we are. So yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So with, I guess, with content creators that are interested in signing up to Sync Vault, mm-hmm. what do they need to be aware of? What is, what's the criteria and what's the process? So you will go through a verification process um, and that's only to put you in either, we've got three tiers, so we've got um, bronze, silver and gold. Um, and that's just to, just it's more for the campaigns to see, like, like you asked, to ensure that they get the views um, that is necessary for the campaigns. Mm. However, you'd need to put all your social media details in. You'd need to put um, a contact email address as well. And then the community team will look at your um, stats in regards to subscribers, how often you post videos as well. Mm. That's also a criteria. And then they'll assign you the different groups and then pretty much you're, you're, good, you're to, good to go. Yeah. And then once you also sign up as a creator, you just literally browse through the music and you can just choose. Yeah. What, what campaign you want to um, earn from, basically. Yeah. And okay. Yeah, so that's, that, that's simple. That's easy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's straightforward. Yeah. So, I mean, we've partnered up. So for those that don't know, Black Create Connect has partnered up with Sync Vault um, to help black creators basically earn more money through this. Because this is a re- I think it's a really dope platform. Thank like, you. I've never heard anything like it. It's, I, was, I was very... It's, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. It took me a minute to get my head around how it worked, yeah. like the logistics of it. But now it makes complete sense. Yeah. from a, like a content creator perspective and I guess if you're if people are an artist as well so there's black music artists they can just yeah they can join as well so there's two sections um, you've probably seen it there's mm. the creator and the artist sign up and once you you'd go to another team you'd go to my team um, in regards to art, artists once you sign up there then you get an email from myself or um, yeah, someone in the team as well and they would um, contact you in regards to what kind of campaign you would like to run um, and then on the other side creator team um with contact well community actually is what, what type of budgets do um, music artists need to have so there's three different campaigns mm. i'll be very real with you three mm. different campaigns there's discovery which starts at a thousand mm. um then you go into amplified which is very customized um and that starts at 2500 mm-hmm. and then there's a new one that we've um bought on board which is called spotlight and that kind of starts at five hundred dollars, so we work with dollars because we're in international and sometimes. Some okay, that's quite cheap. Yeah, really, five hundred dollars. Yeah. So, you, but you're picking creators per post. So, also, oh, it's only one song per post. Yeah. Um, not per post, but a limit of probably five creators with five hundred okay, okay. instead of paying one creator five hundred. Um, so someone with a low budget, they can do that? Yeah, they can still um, come on board and work with us. We're not, similar to how I said with Radio Plugin, we're not saying go away, but we're just still trying to understand where you are in yeah. your career as an artist and yeah. help. Because I'm, I'm going to go into a segue if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. So our core service is music promotion, but we also have other services. Um, okay. We've got something called Content ID, which is basically the fingerprint that recognises music on YouTube. Now, a lot of artists don't know that if you've um, released your tracks on all platforms, all, sto- all stores, sorry, including YouTube, if your music's played on the platform, they have to pay you. It's almost like royalties, but it's YouTube's um, own mechanism that they've created. Mm. However, these artists don't know that they're owed this. Or sometimes if you sign with um, other distributors like DistroKid, Ditto, it's already in your agreement, so they're already taking that money out. However, we deal with the management of that. And we provide mm. you 
um, monthly reporting on that and then we also pay you monthly as well so you don't have to wait till a year or so for all your um, monetization to come up we so pay you pay in advance yeah. before you've even received the money from their platforms um no from youtube as soon as they let us know this is how much you've gathered um on a monthly basis so once you get the report then you get paid um oh, I see. <laughs> if only in advance um and we did a lot of research and we are actually the lowest in regards to how much we take uh, we take 12.5 percent um from whatever you earn however that can go lower because there's a cap of five thousand as well okay so that's that service if an artist can't afford a campaign with us, there's artist advance. So we'll look at your metrics um, and see if you could potentially um, be able to um, reap the rewards with, say, you want to do a video to take mm. you to the next level. We could give you an advance for that and then you go ahead and do that. Or you could use that money to run a campaign. Well, like a financial advance? Yes, yes. So it's all, it's all financial. So, <laughs> so, so how do you gain as a company by doing that? How do we gain? Well, we've got a partnership with um, the actual uh, company. And they, what they do is, if you, they take the monetary value from your royalties. So for that year ahead, if you earn, say, a set amount, they take a percentage of that to repay the financial advance that you've taken out. Um, so it's in, essentially like a loan. But you only do it with artists that have high strings. Yeah, so a lot of calculations done and then they see if you're in the range to do that. Right, um, Then you can run a campaign. Or you can use it for whatever you want to do for your artist development. You don't have to come through us. What we're trying to do is create um, a network of services and tools to help an artist move more independently. What mm. the word independent means. Yeah, you don't yeah, need yeah. to be tied to a label. If you're business savvy, even if you're not, you can get advice from within the company and say, okay, this is really what I want to do. Mm. However, we're not, sh we're not sure how to get there. Mm. Um, so we work with both independent artists as well as uh, major labels. Um, and finally, fan tokens. Let me circle back to what yeah, fan, to fan tokens. We sorry, we went on a tangent. <laughs> but yeah, fan tokens is more of a web free world. So a lot of people have heard of what NFTs are, and yeah, like, I don't understand all of that. So just <laughs> <laughs> in its simplest form, a fan fan token is what the music industry would call NFT for music, and it's basically just in creating membership for an artist, um, a fan of an artist so that you could either listen into a studio session, come to a gig for a discounted price. It's just basically like a fan club. And right. you give them membership to that. Um, and I'm guessing the fan pays a membership. Yeah, they pay for that, okay. but that's theirs. They have it for life. It's Oh, it's, it's so... It's just a one-time thing. And you can also resell it because people don't understand how NFTs work. So no. it's like, how do you simplify it for uh, not simplify it, but just make it uh, for the general public to understand, especially the general listener public to understand. Mm. And we, they've realised that if you call it fan token and if you give it um, fan membership kind of um, benefits, then they're more likely to understand how it works for them. So, mm. um, yeah, they buy this one-time membership. Um, you, you can trade it. There's a secondary... Um, Trade is this all on SickVault? Um, yeah, so we're building it in. It's called Artist X for us, though. Okay. Um, and that's, yeah, I think March, March, April, that's going to be going oh. ahead, yeah. So 
fans, yeah. they can buy tokens for only the artists that you have on your platform or for any artist? Um, for the artists that we're having on our platform at the moment. So we're minting it and we're distributing it and promoting it as well. Okay. Yeah. So why, so if these, so I'm just trying to be practical. So if these artists on your website um, or on Think Vault are trying to be up and coming themselves, yeah. well, do they have fans? That's the thing. So it depends. Um, our, our artists that we've got are well established at the moment. Um, the, the ones that you have? Yeah, that we're doing the minting for, for the fan tokens. So, right. However, if you do want to get to that level, then you know, okay, this is already in, sp in place. Mm -hmm. So if we run the campaigns um, and then say in a year, your objective is, is to get 10,000 streams on mm -hmm. Spotify, then you know you've got certified fans um, to promote the next step. Right. It's almost like, think of um, merch. It's the next level of merch. However, you've made it a bit more interactive where the fan can engage. Yeah, they purchased a hoodie, but how do you know that they value the hoodie? Mm. However, with fan tokens, they will tap into a Zoom um, meeting that you've created where you're in the studio and they get to look in and ask you questions and stuff like that. It's a bit more interactive instead mm. of just pay me for something and that's it. It's quite intrusive though, isn't it? Like, Do I, I, I don't know if I, was, um, if I was an artist, if I would have it. Because, <laughs> sorry, that, that, that's not even, that's not selling it. But it's like, only because it's like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it could be different if, you're, if I'm an actual artist and I want my fans to connect with my music. But if I'm in a studio session, I'm in a studio session. So they'll have to stop and be messaging back mm, it people. Depends. But it's, it's similar to Instagram Live. It's similar to... I, I don't go on Instagram Live for anyone. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, okay. so, so that's probably Fair why. Fair enough. Yeah, there's, there's this new emergence of people wanting to see into other people's lives. And that's... I know, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I find it... Maybe I'm at the other end. Maybe you guys want to look into my life. <laughs> and I don't true. want to look into people's <laughs> lives. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm going to give you a year now and then I'm going to be seeing you having a fan token. I'll be like, oh, you said this, you said that you weren't going to. No, people... <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think who, like what artists that are out there that I'd have a fan token for. To be fair, if, if Beyonce... Oh yeah, that was, yeah, but you She, out, but she wouldn't. No, no, it's, it'd be, she, she doesn't need it as well. Yeah, she doesn't need it. That's the thing, it's like the fine line. Maybe, I'm trying to think who I'd have it for. I would say J. Cole. Oh, yeah. I I would, yeah, I would say J. Cole. But then also, it's like, I don't know how often I'd look into his life. But it's there, and it's there for life. And if you ever felt like you wanted to trade it for something else, you can just be like, oh. So it's a one-off fee? Um, yeah, one-off fee membership. And you invest, basically, you invest into it. And they won't release a, a large amount. You probably start with 100 um, ah, so and, and then that's it, and, yeah. then that's, and so it's sold out. Yeah, and that's it. It's oh, just to see. keep it very limited, but give you that. That makes more sense, sense yeah. as well now. Yeah, so it gives oh. you value as well as a as an artist. Well, artist and the fan as well. So how much does one token usually sell for? It entirely depends on the artist. Um, What's the range? Um, some people sell, well, I've released mine, and mine went for five five pounds. However, some people start at... For one token, yeah? Yeah, one token. Okay. I only released 100. Um, some people do 100, 100 pounds. Um, it depends. Some people do 1,000. It's like, it depends on... If you understand your audience, 
and mm. if you give them the value that they require. So mine was just for a percentage of my streams. It wasn't anything intrusive of seeing what I do every day. No. Oh, right. So yours is... Yeah, you can pick what you want them to be able to access or what you want to give ah, them. Ah, so actually. they can make money from you. Yeah, yeah it's entirely up to ah. you. But, then again, but it's only 100 like, how do you get to know about this stuff? Like, <laughs> if, I, if, if there's artists that I think you're going to be the next big thing yeah. or you're go, going, well, I want a piece of... It's like invest. It's like a stock market yeah. for artists. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I've just realised. I take it back. I take <laughs> it back. I will... <laughs> that is... That makes sense now. Yeah. So it's... it's wow. Yeah, that's, that's where technology is moving. That's so, that's so sick. So how, how do you find out about like what so, fan tokens are available, how to be updated with them? Like what's There's a lot of uh, a lot of talk on Discord. So you can go into Discord. There's a lot of groups, community groups that talk about um, music NFTs, also um, blockchain, uh, LinkedIn. There's a lot of community groups as well. Or you can just join Sync Vaults Discord and find out the different arts. Is it free to join? Yeah, all free. And you give all the information there yeah, and everything? Yeah, there's all from, there's support there as well. Ask your questions and someone will reply back to you. Okay. So it's all, yeah, it's all available there. And seeing as we're on the topic of NFTs, do you mind just explaining to me? <laughs> okay. I was like, well, just in, in the simplified version, because I feel like now I understand the fan tokens. Okay. Because, by the way, can I be honest? You're not the first person that's described fan tokens to me. I've had probably about seven people explain it to me and I've just nodded and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did not understand it. But okay. you've made it, you okay. made it clear for me to understand. Okay. Hence why I'm asking you to explain NFTs. Okay, NFTs is complete. It's the foundation of what fan tokens are, but we they needed to adapt it for music. However, NFTs were mainly for art or pieces of something that you could physically, not physically because you had the, the digital, digital ones, arts yeah. as well. But how could you adapt it for music? And that's where fan tokens came came into place. However, with NFTs, it's more art base it's more something that you've created it could be physically or digital um and it works in the same way you're investing into a piece of it um and then you're hoping the value goes up and then you can resell it on the secondary market on secondary sale sorry um so is there like only certain times that you can resell um it depends on what that specific um, NFT has in their clause and terms and conditions. Sometimes you can resell it. A lot of people gain more from reselling the second time. However, it's it's taking what we do in the real world with art and put it into the digital world. That's that's it's literally what it is. Yeah. The thing is, the only my only question with N- NFTs that I don't I I really really struggle to understand was that it's like it's not real. Like like money isn't real. The, if you go back to the graduate, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yes. no, it is. But like, I remember I saw someone online like launch. No, loads of people was launching their like NFT like yeah. characters, or whatever or art, and I was like, I don't understand why I would put my day to day real life money into this. I don't get it. It's not there yet. Um, it's not there yet, but it's coming. It's got that same feel of, to me personally, it's got that same feel that streaming had when people are. Streaming, I can just put my CD in and listen. I, I don't need to. But if you think about, there was that gap when people were on CDs and then the iPod came out and then it changed. So we're just waiting for that thing that... But that makes more sense because I can, like, it's, it's, for me, it's the outlets listening to music. Yeah. So I can listen to the music by putting a CD in or streaming. Cool, that makes sense. sense yeah. But the art, I want art in my house. 
But so, okay, so there you go, in your house. But everything's moving to virtual. So, so where everyone's I put it? in the metaverse. Do we want to open up that? So, yeah. Oh, okay. So everything's just going to be virtual now. You're just going to have VR headsets and virtually people are buying mm. estates in that verse. And I that's heard what, about that. So that's why, why all of... So they haven't really explained what NFTs... Why it's been created. Because the end product is having everyone in that world. But how? Like, like I, I've, I've been told about this. I've been, uh, people have said to me in the metaverse, you can buy, buy land, people going on dates. Some people, you know. <laughs> dates, well, I haven't heard that one. Well, yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard local dates going on there. I've heard loads of different things in the metaverse. And like, I think why I can't get my head around it, and I'm, I sound so old school, I sound like my parents. Because it's just like, it's not real life. It's not, but then remember, you've probably been bo- born into what well, you have. Not probably, you've been born into a world where there was techno technology and there wasn't technology. So you've seen both sides. Yeah. The next generation, it's only technology that they've seen. It's only swiping. It's only internet. That's all they've ever seen. So what they're trying to do, and I say they, but what everything is moving towards is living in that world. And I know it sounds so surreal. Insane. Yeah, it sounds so surreal. It sounds like a movie. Because we're, because we're, and the thing is, I get, I understand. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, Continue. no, that's what, everything is moving to, into moving into that world. The thing is, I've, I get, I'm sure, I, I don't know if I'll ever get it, but I understand technology developments that make sense. Mm. For example, our iPhones now becoming just one block screen and we can take pictures and we can do everything on a phone. That makes sense because everything's, it's easy to do that. Yeah. Versus going to the bank and we'll, I can bank on the phone. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. Going, buying a house on, in something that I physically will not live in doesn't make sense to me. Yet. That's so crazy. Yeah. So people can be homeless outside on the streets, just sitting there, and they're, they're metaverse. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 I start to say what's gonna happen here. I, I don't, I don't want to like say anything too out there, but I feel like if we look at how we've had lockdown and people have been in their homes and had to adapt to being just in one space, yeah, it's almost a testing to see how we yeah. cope with that mm. and just be in that world. Um, on a global scale as well, not just in parts of the, of the world. Now, the next step is to see now if people would willingly do it. And people mm. do. When you're gaming, there's gamers that stay on there for 24-7. And they're already immersed in that world. Yeah, and that's so, a whole market in yeah, itself. So it's like, they're already there. It's just, some of us aren't. Including me, I'm, I'm like, I like this world. I want to stay here. I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be our generation. I don't think it will be. No, either. I think it will be a generation that the internet was just there for them already. Yeah. They didn't know the world before the internet. And then yeah. It will be, be easier for them to accept. Yeah, no, of course. Like, I feel like that's like natu- naturally, yeah. you know, my kids uh, and my younger siblings and everything, they'll, they'll get it and be into it more. Yeah. But I think, I understand technology when it just makes sense. Like, AI, I get it because AI really makes sense yeah. for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but for now, this is like... Mm. For, yeah, for now, I'm just like, I don't get it. But the fan, the fan tokens, I get. Yeah. Okay, that's... Because that's, cause that's valuable because... Because it's artists that are 
they're gonna make money it'll be great to get a percentage of that I get that if there's any other DJs that you know about by the way that are selling fan tokens <laughs> let me know but Manny Norte I'll buy some of your tokens I would I would I think I think you're going somewhere nice, you know nice. <laughs> like so um, so that's a, that's a whole new thing you've taught me I guess um, is there anything else I guess that people should know about Syncvol like a plan this year so there's so many different business streams, but anything else that people should know about? Um, and we're looking to grow even more, so okay. definitely just sign up or just join some of our communities online, whatever platform you're on as well. It doesn't have to be specifically Discord. Whatever you're comfortable with, um, go onto that platform, see what news we're pushing through. If it aligns with you or you know someone else that might benefit from it, mm. send them the link and, and yeah, help grow the community because um, the CEO is ethos is making sure the artists get paid and, mm. and paid and also value and return on investment as well because mm. it's a lot having a career as an artist in anywhere in the world mm. you have to put a lot of money a lot of effort mm. you don't it's always see the return on that and that's what we're trying to do as well so yeah, yeah that's yeah that's sync in a nutshell that okay that's the that's the that's the vibe. That's the vibe. <laughs> that, that, that's the message. And then with content creators, so I, as I said before, I really want to get some more black content creators from all over the world. I guess. Yeah. It, 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 it could be anyone from anywhere. Yeah. Right. Anywhere. Like, there's no limits. Thankfully, um, I really would like to have representation in every continent. I yeah. Think, yeah, that would be ideal. And for YouTube videos, is it YouTube Shorts? You said. Um, YouTube. It could be long form. Long form as well. And, yeah, long form okay. and short form. Um, so we started with long form and then because of the change and competing with TikTok, um, YouTube shorts came about and we've seen a lot of growth in that area as well. So Okay, perfect. Yeah. So content creators get signed up, get verified. Um I think I'm on there already. Yeah. So I need to just start doing I'm I'm on my to do list this year is do more. Do you know what actually if you see my phone it's somewhere over there, I've got loads of videos I took when I was in Jamaica. Like oh. content creation videos, loads. And you have a <laughs> And no, I haven't. I need to edit them. So, oh, so yeah. now I know I can actually use some of the sounds from Syncvolt. And then, yeah, make and some money as well. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> if, if if I get a thousand, if I get a thousand views. <laughs> no, <laughs> it no, it depends. We know you. We've got a partnership. <laughs> so it's like, we'll be like. Oh, I'm laughing like it's funny. But yeah, no, honestly. So, I'm, so guys, just the FYI, um, all the music and all the sounds you're going to hear me using throughout the rest of the year. I mean, most of my content, you're going to hear it from Syncvol. Um, so if you want to be a part of it, if you want to get some claim-free music and unique music as well, some yeah. unique sounds. Yeah. Because I've, um, in the video that I did, this short little video I did, there were some good sounds in there. Yeah. I was like, this is a whole vibe. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. So, it's good to hear feedback as well, like direct feedback. But yeah, and you've got your link as well. So if you yeah. want to join the platform, use use. Yeah. Your, your link your yeah the link link will be in the bio it's in our link tree it'll be in all of our socials everywhere see and it's also on our website so if you go onto our website you see sync vaults um logo you click onto it and then it will redirect you via that link so you can sign up as a content creator but i hope that's hope this has been informative i hope so too i hope, I hope people <laughs> understand what sync vault is how they can get involved the benefits of it yeah. and fan tokens we nailed that one. At least if anything, that's the one that I was like, okay, we have to get this one. Fan tokens, that's it. Didn't get those the NFTs, but it's, it's fine. We've got the message all together. But anyway, but thank you. Thank you for, oh, thank for coming you for on. Me. Um, it's been 
interesting to go back in time <laughs> and then look at my life but i really appreciate it and in regards to anyone in the community that really wants to reach out feel free i'm um, on linkedin email address is debbie at syncport.com so yeah feel free to reach out yeah. perfect and i'll leave your details in the description so people can see it there as well but yeah, cool. Well, thank you, everyone. Feel free to share this episode with content creators that want to make more money, with artists, with everyone. Share it, like, subscribe, and I will see you all on the next Black Create Connect podcast episode. Okay, bye. <laughs>